Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of the Expedition Place. I am Brett, and joining me as usual is Jess. Say hello, Jess. Good morning. Good morning. This is like whenever, whenever I say good morning on on anything, it's never morning. This is the this is the one time I never do anything before midday, and now you're making me get up <laughs> at the ghastly hour of eleven a.m. Recently, to... my wake up time has been about twelve to one p.m. Welcome to the world of being self-employed. You mm-hmm, slowly exactly, turn yeah. nocturnal. <laughs> you turn back into a uni student is what happens. I uh, yeah, and the worst thing I live with a uni student. I share a bed with a uni student, so it's not helping. <laughs> it's very much not helping. You're both in the limbo <laughs> stage of uh, sleep patterns. Yeah, we we we're in that stage where we we get up at noon and go to bed at three a.m. and go. We really should start sleeping like real adults. I mean, that's As, a proper day. I mean, don't let don't let society tell you otherwise. It is a proper day, but then our housemate comes home two hours later from work, and he's been like, "I got up at six a.m. to go to work. What the fuck are you guys doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like three a.m. that morning, we're like we really should sleep like adults. One more episode of this Mario Maker speed run, then. Oh yeah, <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned being an adult is that time is a lie. Don't time rely is a on lie. anything. Live life the way you want to. Listen See, to a million is, podcasts. This is why, like, being self-employed, you get to, I get to work with a bunch of Americans because I sleep like an American. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, it's it, fringe benefits, you know. But it all works not, out. But we're not here to talk about self-employedness. We could start a podcast on that. It would not be very successful because I know nothing. <laughs> we're here to talk about the Adventure Zone again, specifically. The Adventure Zone. Specifically, graduation. Now, this could be slightly shorter, who knows, because graduation at the time of recording has only had two episodes released. We were, we were, like, we were pinning our hopes on, by the time this is out, we will have, like, a whole third episode, a whole 50% more graduation. No, dadlands, screw you guys. I mean, yeah, that is the first thing I thought when I saw the tweet, like, oh, less material. Yep. (laughs) But at the same time, dadlands was great. I haven't so I listened to Dadlands them. yet. Oh, okay. I, have a, I won't say anything. I have a I podcast queue of about 15 at the minute. Okay. Um, and Dadlands is somewhere in the middle of that. So I'll get to it. I'll get to it's it. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Oh, yeah. But yeah. we do have 160. Is that 80 times two? 160 minutes. Yes. Of, of graduation so of far graduation. to talk about. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we could bust out at least half an hour. <laughs> yeah. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. So... This is the first time we're going back to D&D. Mm-hmm. And I had my opinions on D&D for storytelling in episode one. We did talk one. a bit about D&D last week. I do like the adjustments that Travis has made to it. In what sense? The the slight homebrewing of certain certain rules. Like, he's added in checks that are just like... like So, so he's like putting extra skill checks for like the, the deception and the, the blame taking and whatnot. Um, oh, the blame taking class. Yes, that was good. Which I, I quite liked. I quite enjoyed that. Um, but I do feel like we haven't got into proper combat yet. And I do fear when we get into combat, it's going to slow to a crawl. Yeah, we've just had kind of like fake combat with like skeletons and classes where Fitz thundershocks everybody. Yeah. Now, if if we keep in this sort of no real combat mode, I'll be very happy. Because again, don't like combat in D&D. Um, <laughs> I imagine that's holding out hope a little too much. Yeah, I know what Travis can be like. He does like his he does like his fights. Um, well, speaking of which, it, it looks like Travis has put like a ridiculous amount of like like we were saying, weren't we? That dust he clearly put a lot of work into. Yeah, this is like, like that times a hundred. 
he he very clearly like worked his ass off to get this world like up and up and like going mm-hmm. because and i think i think he's he's one of those he's just one of those role players that does that like some people whenever they start a character or start a, a an adventure they will spend about like a year putting it together and writing basically a book's worth of backstory i've played with people like that travis is very clearly one of those players maybe this is another reason they got through amnesty so quickly travis was like i want to do graduation i want to do graduation i want to do graduation <laughs> no no actually <laughs> I, I i beg to differ i would say like um he wanted amnesty to go a bit longer so that he could go no graduation's not not done yet it's not done yet we can't start it yet oh that's fair that makes more sense so i'm holding out hope the all like because it's very clear he's putting a shit ton of work and I, I i hope it's going to be good i'm pretty sure it's going to be good i mean the list of npcs so far alone is, is yeah. like a mile long so and like i feel like that that's that's very much what like when they're in a school atmosphere you are just going to meet all the npcs like it's going to front load npcs very heavily and then we're going to stick with those yeah i think a lot of a lot of comments on reddit i saw were there are too many npcs being introduced far too soon but yeah, you're right. It's a school. Of course, there's going to be NPCs yeah. all over like the place. Like in in the in the first Harry Potter film, how many teachers did we meet that we then just got to know, and they became they're not going to be one-off NPCs like the like the one-story NPCs in Balance. These are going to be the NPCs that we stick with for pretty much the entire game. Harry Potter reference number one. Harry Potter reference number one. Which one is going to be <laughs> our Snape? <laughs> so this this isn't Harry Potter though. This They're making that very clear. Except it kind of is. It's in 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 as much as it is a magic school, but it's not even yeah. a magic school. Like it's a school with magic in it, but it's not a magic school. I don't That's true, I hadn't even considered that. Like they don't teach potions and charms and 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 dada or whatever. They teach accounting. They teach uh, they, yeah, they teach fucking accounting. Um, they teach you how to be a hero and a villain, which I have some, like, I very much like the concept of this commodification of heroes and villains. Mm. I, it's a concept I have actually explored in some, in a few, like, fringe, uh, comedy shows. So I'm, I really, I'm really a big fan of this idea. It'd be very interesting to see what he does with it, because, um, we obviously, because it's me, I put a weird political slant on it, um, (laughs) which I don't think he's going to do. So it would be interesting to see what he does because, like, he basically confirmed like heroes and villains they take paychecks and it's all basically an act. Yeah. So, I want to see where that goes. I'm very, very interested to see where that goes. And you um, have the the villains learning alongside the heroes. Yeah. It, like it, they're not they're not villains in the classical sense almost. It's more like wrestling. It's yeah, basically the... wrestling. Oh, but real. I was literally, literally watching. It's it's wrestling heels. like yeah. You got the faces and the heels and faces and heels. Thank you. Yeah. Out of the ring, they're all friends. Out of the ring yeah. and off the cameras, they're all friends. And it's only in in on the screen and in the ring where they actually you know pretend to hate each other, pretend to fight each other. I'm only now saying this out loud. Right now, he's basically built D and D wrestling, but in but like. <laughs> school but like concrete wrestling and because because there's no ring they do it in the towns it's, it's like flash mob wrestling flash <laughs> what he's invented is flash mob fantasy wrestling but and, and this is and this is basically the wrestling training school well maybe that's what clyde knight's night night school clyde knight's night as well 
yeah. but that 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 was that was that was a school where you learned to be a knight, not a hero. But it got them buff, and you need to be buff for wrestling. <laughs> you did. You do need to be buff for wrestling. Well, eh. <laughs> everyone draws Sir Fitzroy Maplecourt as a well, not everybody. People have caught on now, but as a noodle. At first, they were drawing him as a major twink. See, I haven't looked and tend not to look at any fan art. Um, oh, there's some good ones though. So there's I, some good ones. I don't, like, I haven't, I, I have no frame of reference for this because, like, I, I tend not to like in, in, in like, envelop myself in the fandom when I enjoy a thing because I've had really bad right. experiences with fandoms before. <laughs> I was into. Homestuck. I mean, the good news <laughs> is the Taz fandom is better than most. That's true. Yeah. Um, but like, so, so like, I don't know any of the any of this fan art. Like, it, I, I blew my mind when I uh, learnt of the. Uh, the drawing of fat taco being a thing um, oh yeah <laughs> and, and like that was like there was a there was a lot of discourse about that apparently um I, th- I think the incredible thing for me is that the McElroys now have this this fandom that's elevated to a point where they can release an episode and two seconds later there's this ridiculously detailed incredible fan art that gets released yeah there's and, fan art and there is cosplays like a day later yeah like people were were like <laughs> putting blue makeup all over their face and putting a handlebar <laughs> moustache on to become Argo Keen within within 0.3 seconds, mm-hmm. you know. The other thing is about the fan art is that you see a very quick progression of people having their own interpretations and then slowly those interpretations kind of amalgamate together to become the fandom interpretation of the yeah, characters, which they, I really like. They become the fanon, as it were. Yeah, yeah. So at first, like, there were a million different interpretations of Fearbulk, right? Because we don't really learn much about yeah, and, and like, and Fearbog is one of those races that you don't, re- unless you really pour through the player manual, you don't really know what it is. No. Well, let's let's talk. Let's talk the characters and let's talk uh, Master Fearbog because I refuse to call him Bud. I, I'm not let's a fan of that. Let's talk about <laughs> Bud. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I think it's safe to say that when I heard that the voice for the first time, a I, <laughs> I was launched into another plane of existence. Yes. I I did not quite like Justin always surprises um, mm-hmm. every time, and he's doing this like some form of like vaguely Eastern European Fearbog. I'm yeah. not, I'm not sure how how far he's gonna go with like how that voice will dull over time. Um, I'm wondering if it's like if it's like a, a natural register for him, or if he has to push for it. Because if he has to push for it, he's screwed himself over. Yeah, um, as we talked about in episode one, the voice doesn't have to be different; it just has to fit the character. And this voice does it does fit the character very much, um, um, beautifully. But I, I really like the character. But my my uh, that that little nerd in the back of my head is going, but that's not what a fearbog is like. Because oh. um, Fearbogs are supposed to be like really, really intelligent, um, right? And oh, so did you? Did you not like the accounting scene then? Oh no, I loved the accounting scene, right? Because right. I mean, how could you not? Because y- you know me, and he basically disavowed capitalism. That's true. Uh, yeah, like hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> and 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 you've heard we go off. So I really, really loved that accounting scene. Um, but just his general. His general interactions, and I, I like. I'm not sure if he's, if he's just like interpreting some stuff differently. But like, Fearbog's supposed to, like, be really, really intelligent, 
they're the most intelligent of all like the giant races so they like so they should know like basic human concepts especially if he's going to interact with other races which is something fear bogs don't often do um but like unless he's just specifically he's got reasons why he hasn't uh, and he, and that's just backstory we haven't got into yet that would, yeah um, i mean again episode two i'm sure there's a lot to unfurl yeah but I am I am eager to learn about Justin's Fearball character. I really like what he's done with like just rejecting concepts like money and a name. Um, yeah, I, I think the name thing. I saw some meta on Tumblr, or well, yeah, meta that was like Justin is pulling a power move here because his character names are normally the most buck wild. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's just like, there is no name. There's just no name. Screw you guys. It's going to be really hard. It's also a real power move to Travis. Um, it is. Yes. It is kind of a. I've GM two campaigns now. I'm going to make it real hard for you by not giving you a name to work with. <laughs> um, well, that'll make. I wonder if it'll be like ever revealed. Will he? Will he ever get a name? It like. Is it? Is it the? Is it the duck thing again, where it just gives him the opportunity to think of it later? It could be because you, you you've you've played a few D and D campaigns. Yeah, making the name is the hardest bit. Making the naming, is, yeah, I mean, the, naming <laughs> the character is the hardest bit of making the character. Naming them is the hardest bit of making them. Mm-hmm. This way, he gets to just name them later. He's absolved himself of any responsibility. Yes, <laughs> and when somebody says a cool name, like when when in 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 a piece of dialogue, if they're trying to guess his name. And they and they think of a really cool idea. Justin can go, yeah, I love that. Thanks. Yeah, it wasn't Derek. Derek turns to ash in Not his mouth. Derek. We found out. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's very colourful with his language. Oh, 100 percent. But you don't need a name when you've got the uh, the amazing animal interactions. Like That's in true. two episodes so far, we've had these beautiful scenes. Obviously, the baby Pegasus one is like was like the moment in graduation where we realised that there is going to be emotional depth here. Which was yes, lovely, and then in the second episode you get, it is cat. <laughs> it is cat. It is cat. I, I I quite like the 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 animal interaction scenes. They they make they make they make sense for the race, but he just he does them really, just really sweetly and and like I really like the gentle giant archetype, and yes. he's taking it very very literally by playing a giant. It's so different to any character he's ever done before, mm. which I am so intrigued to kind of get more of a look in and see more of. He very, li- he very much likes to challenge himself. Oh, a hundred percent. I think that's that's like the sign of a fantastic D and D player. Like every <laughs> every week, I'm always like, Justin is the best, and you know what? <laughs> I, I stick, I stick to it. I stand by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you've got someone who's playing well, playing a character in a main arc for the first time. You've yes, got so Griffin McElroy and Sir Fitzroy Maplecourt. Sir Fitzroy Maplecourt. Who I am just going to call Fitz from now on because that is such it's a It's Sir Fitzroy Maplecourt. Name. You, ad- you address him correctly. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> now, <laughs> Magic Barbarian is an odd choice of class. Barbarian oh, yeah. in general. Barbarian for somebody who insists on calling himself Sir Fitzroy Maplecourt <laughs> is an odd choice. Hence why um, everyone was drawing him as a twink at first. <laughs> yeah, right? like if you look at the if you look at the Adventure Zone wiki, there's still twink art. There's still twink art. Um, oh yeah, 
but nobody that's a barbarian can can be a twink that's not how that in the past few days i've seen i've seen some uh very good art come up that is still recognizably the fanon the fandom interpretation of fitz but with like arms though sir buff boy sir buff boy that's it yeah (laughs) i mean what griffin has chosen is called barbarian path of the wild soul path of the wild soul that's it that sounds like a like a an album that some that some artist i wouldn't listen to would make (laughs) (laughs) it would definitely have like you know uh what they called windpipes there's there's some windpipes and a bit of banjo in that album yeah absolutely this site that i'm on describes it as whimsical unpredictable and imaginative yeah that sounds like griffin yeah yeah so the uh, the general the fan question so far is when is fitz first gonna explode when is he gonna just like go off it's it's gonna be it's gotta be it's gonna be something really petty i think um oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be somebody like disrespecting his class or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I thought at first it might be him getting just so pissed off with his new circumstances that he just goes off, but it kind of seems like he's adjusting quite well now. He's he's kind of accepting. He's he's slowly moving towards acceptance of this this new uh, circumstance that he's in. He's got yeah. a, a magic friend crab who's he's gonna you know. Be I really like the, the Stephen scene. of the series. I really I really liked the crab scene. Uh, yeah, with the magic familiar. I, I, I was taken, well, surprised that he chose the crab, but in hindsight, like, best decision. But it's like, it can transform whenever it likes, so I, that's true, I, don't, that's think, true. I don't think the character of Fitzroy, once he learned that, w- really cared what it was. Because it's like, well, if I don't like the crab, it can just be something else. It could be a badger later. Yeah. It's like his demon. It is like his demon. Yeah. Um, like, that's that's something, Griffin... Again, always plays the... Like, Griffin always surprises with his characters in a different way than Justin. Like, whereas Justin sort of takes a a stereotypical character and then just, like, flips something or just rejects a few core concepts. Griffin will always just combine a couple of things that you never thought were going to be combined. Sure. Like, like his bartender warlock from Taz Knight's. That that is a wild character. That that is one of my favorite characters. Oh, I forgot about him. I need to listen. I need to listen to Knights again. Um, Tom fun. Collins, the the yes. warlock bartender. I just like mwah, love it. And then now he's got <laughs> now he's got like a a bar a magic barbarian that's also like a sir, like a fancy lad barbarian. Just it doesn't make sense, but it's going oh my God, to make sense. That reminds sense. me. I saw some posts on tumblr i I get a lot of my meta from tumblr (laughs) (laughs) but i've seen a few posts that are like if you can't imagine what fitz looks like then just think of chidi with his shirt off think who have you not seen the good place no the good place is is not one that's 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 passed me like well it's passed me by but like i've not seen it okay i guarantee there are people out there who will get that reference chidi with his shirt off Yes, imagine that. <laughs> For I'm some context, Chidi is like this ridiculous nerdy character who who teaches philosophy and worries about goddamn everything. And then a few seasons in, you find out that he is fucking ripped underneath his nerd <laughs> shirts. <laughs> I can I can see how I can see how Tumblr would have enjoyed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you get a backstory for Fitz that I wasn't expecting, which 
because for the for the first episode or so they're talking about how he got you know he failed his night night's school education yes. right and we find out that's because he's turned his headmaster into a catfish yeah which is interesting <laughs> bit of a curveball <laughs> Which, which, when we, when that was being revealed to us, and he said the phrase, he catfished his headmaster. Yeah, right. I thought that was going to go in one very weird direction, and instead, it went in a very different, equally weird direction. Equally weird, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose if your magic is going to manifest itself in the weirdest way possible, turning your headmaster into a catfish is certainly up there. Yeah, um, and that is that. That proves like that. Fitz has some very powerful power. Powerful yes. power. That's powerful bad. Powerful magics. It would be very interesting to see how that manifests and not in the form of a crab. Is there going to be the some sea life there. theme? Is there a sea life theme? Is 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 Fitzroy Maplecourt going to be a, a sea life themed ma- magic barbarian? Is he going to go work at uh, a sea life? Yes, with his catfish <laughs> and his crabs. And he's going to turn somebody into a whale. <laughs> oh, this is actually a good segue because then we have Argo Keen, who is Argo a man Keen. of the sea. Argo Keen, who is... Who is everyone's second rogue character. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because he he's a rogue and a campaign, pirate. No matter what Griffin says. Um, I, again, I, I don't really visualize them when, <laughs> when, when I listen and I don't look at the fan art, but do you at least a, visualize him as blue? Uh, well, I didn't until everyone drew him blue. He's, he's a genasi. He's blue. Clint describes him as blue. Well, then yes, but I, again, yeah. <laughs> again. Also, they've 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 chosen races that are that are like they they did human and elf and dwarf in the first one. So they're mm-hmm. like, no, screw you. We're going to the back of the book for this. We're going for this deep. one. <laughs> we're we're going for the expansion pack lore. Hell yeah! <laughs> they've gone for Janassi and and Fearbolg and half elf, but um. Well, so like I, I like. I'm waiting for like tieflings and dragonborns to show up because they're, they're my favorites. <laughs> What's that angel one called? Uh, the Azamar. That's it. Or the, yeah. Or the yeah. ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> I wonder if we we'll see some ASMR in this campaign. We'll, we'll definitely see some ASMR. Um, so Argo yeah. has proved himself to be. I, I was a little bit. Dis- well, not dis- not disappointed at Clint in the first episode, but disappointed that Argo kind of got pushed aside in the first episode. But then in the second episode, he really. He really shows himself, especially I, in the scene that you mentioned earlier with the, um, the with the take blame taking. Thank you. Yes, I'm very excited about uh, Argo Keen's character. Like, it's another it's another Clint character with a shady backstory, which is interesting that he yeah. keeps going there. Um, tragic backstory. A tragic backstory this time. Um, yeah. And the, the 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 rogue with no money is is a character I have played and lived. Right. <laughs> so I, I I'm excited to see where Argo Keen goes. Especially be, with him being a pirate. I do like pirates. Will he's he put... get scurvy? I don't I, I don't think he'll <laughs> with how afraid he is of scurvy, I don't think he will ever ha- actually have to worry about getting scurvy. He'll literally bite into a line to avoid scurvy, we found out. So I mean he's you know, probably safe. Sometimes you just sometimes you just gotta you just gotta do. You just gotta chat. Gotta out. get that vitamin C. <laughs> So, Argo, um, being a being a water genasi, has some like water like water bending powers for lack of a better word. Uh, so it's gonna be oh, interesting to see one. Now. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see one if Clint knows that, and two no. if Clint ever uses that because that will that will do some very cool stuff. 
um, with like. Well, I mean, with, considering like, he's rolled a twenty-three in his second episode, I think he's he's showing some competence. Rogues are very, very good at what they can do and very terrible at everything else. Right. He is going. <laughs> he is going to be incredible by the end of the campaign. I I just got finished playing a rogue. Sure. I had like a plus twelve in stealth. And he's starting with a plus eight in stealth. He is going to be insanely powerful at, at the specific nine things that he can do. Yeah, we have um, a rogue in our campaign and he almost seems OP sometimes because of the roles. Like they're up there in the 30s. It's like, Jesus. D&D fifth rogues can be a little bit OP. Like you can like late at, at higher levels. If you can see the person that's attacking you, you always take half damage. Yep. And if you if, and if you can then roll around to behind them and then you hit them, you deal like nine extra dice of damage. Wow! Rogues, rogues are a little bit OP, which is why I really enjoy playing them. <laughs> um, but it's gonna be again. It's it's gonna be very interesting to see like one how Clint plays this rogue, two how Travis balances that shit in battle, and 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 being being a being a Genasi rogue, he has like he can breathe underwater. And he's resistant to acid, so like so many more, just really broken shit to throw on top of the pile. Will <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Clint utilize them all? Find out next week in. Let's be real, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um. So amongst the player characters, as we mentioned, there have been about a million different NPCs mentioned so far. Are there any that yes. have like really stood out to you yet? Um. Let me take a quick gl- uh, glance through them. I like Higglemus Wigginstaff. Like. He's gonna do a some things. Incredible name. Yes, there's there's, the... some just, there's some just incredible naming of things so far. <laughs> Hieronymus and Higglemus Wigginstaff. Yes, they take the, um, take the crown, I think. But like Higglemus Wigginstaff is going is he's gonna do something very big and may or may not be the big bad. Ooh, theories, theories. So like, because he's like he's this sort of he won't even leave his office. He's he's just really. Like, un unenthused and done. Is it just me or is he like if Dumbledore had like taken some weed or something? He's Dumbledore. He's Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Dumbledore. Hashtag Dumbledore. <laughs> um, I I quite like I quite like Bookminster. Uh, just because of how kind of unlikable he is. <laughs> I like the sort of like the. Uh, it's, it's, it's Bookminster the one I'm talking about, the one that was giving Maplethorpe, Maplecourt a really hard time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I like him just because of how unlikable he is. He's he's Because he's going to do really interesting things to the plot, I can yeah. tell already, because he's that asshole character. Um, <laughs> As a non-binary person yourself, what are yes. your thoughts on Travis like locking in those non-binary pronouns? I... Um, as a as a person, I like it because yeah. it. As a person who enjoys stories, I like it because it makes the stories more interesting. Um, more sort of varied cast. Yeah, varied like, gendered va- cast. Variation in any variety, be it gender or race or like job or bus color or whatever. Variation makes <laughs> stories more interesting. It doesn't matter. Sure. <laughs> like. I understand, like coming from coming from a, a non-binary person, having non-binary characters is very cool, and I very much like that representation. But having, like, from a storytelling perspective, variety makes for better stories. Mm. Um, that's why that's why like 
Wonder Woman makes better stories than Superman because she's a woman and most superheroes are men. Variety makes for better stories. So in general, I like it when things are a bit different. That makes sense. Um, And like as much as as much as like um, people people will be wary of like because three three straight white dudes playing non-binary people like people some people get a bit iffy about that but like they have large audiences and are now and could possibly now informing people i think in the mcelroy's case it kind of gets not hand wave necessarily but more accepted because they're they are providing this diversity to such a large audience yeah with yeah. with the audience that they have they they may be in, informing people of the existence of non-binary people for the first mm-hmm. time which uh, and and doing it how they do it, which which seems to genuinely be from a place of 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 empathy and understanding. Hundred percent. They they sort of they they don't just go and here is the non-binary person and they're right, amazing. Right. It's it's just <laughs> hey look they exist too. Just like um, they didn't go hey this is Loop she's trans they were just like this is Loop. Yeah. She's a person. Um and just that sort of these people also exist is is a very important sort of starting point for a lot of people mm-hmm. um so while while like non-binary people can and will and do make the 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 stories where the non-binary people are like that their identity is explored having three white dudes with large audiences go these people exist is also important because yeah. it lets people know that i exist and i like existing I mean, existence is cool. Not only do I like existing, I like being known. <laughs> <laughs> there is also, of course, the character of Raina, who, if you don't know, is based off of Rachel Minor from Supernatural. I do Travis... not know that. Ah, well, Travis has, as many of you I've seen, uh, as many of you have probably seen on Twitter, has been on a major Supernatural rush at the moment. Like he's I have seen that. <laughs> binge-watched the series. He's gone out and met a lot of the cast. He's become a major fanboy, which is clear when you see that in each episode so far there's been a Supernatural reference. Rainer is of one course. of them. And then he, he just casually mentioned an Osric in the second episode, which is um, Osric Chow from Supernatural, who is one of the most wonderful human beings I've ever met. Um, <laughs> but Rainer, um, Rachel Minor has she has multiple sclerosis which means that she needs to be in a wheelchair all the time or you know 90 percent of the time yeah um and travis based Raina off of her and she's this incredible incredible lady who's overcome so much and is still just this bubbly wonderful character and he seems to have incorporated so much of that into Raina, which is so nice to see and it's the the fan reaction as well has been really good um, slight controversy in people saying they want to cosplay her despite the fact they're not disabled. It's <sighs> also like, how do you cosplay someone with a floating chair? Um, I mean, that's true. <laughs> I can I kind of want to see like a person that needs a wheelchair build. I want to see this build of the floating wheelchair because I'll help. I know how to make things float. Um, dog. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Booker. <laughs> so like. So yeah, it's it, it's always like difficult when you like cosplaying people with mobility aids, mm-hmm. um, and like there there was another just to mention Homestuck for the second time this hour. Um, there was wait, a what similar... was the first mention? 
Uh, I, I mentioned bad fandoms. Um, <laughs> there was a similar bus that when people wanted to cosplay uh, Terezi and people had to go, having a, a, a cane when you're not blind maybe a crime oh, in your area yes. look that up I do remember this controversy. um so it's always it's always difficult when people because like, i understand that you want to like this want to cosplay comes from a place of really loving the character but their heart's in the right place yeah it just you know but you gotta take a step back and think like is this the right thing uh yeah and and if you and if you still if you think it still is the right thing when when you have taken a step back um let me instead persuade you with with some like how one how are you going to build that and two how are you going to get around in that let me also suggest all the other characters yeah like there are there are lots more characters but if you really really are set on cosplaying this Reina character from a from a purely like practical standpoint how are you going to build that can you build that you can't build that don't do it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's my logic train practicality wins <laughs> yes um so as for the other npcs that have stood out to me personally i think a gary gary gary's very good mm-hmm. and again because even though travis has said that it's not he reminds me of the janets from good place which yeah again you haven't seen it you really should but i know janet, of, i know of the janets oh you know janet okay well that's good then gary reminds me a lot of um of janet and that makes me happy and then um the NPC that was introduced this past episode, Festo. I'm not. Festo. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> Festo may not like be the best. Elmo. <laughs> yeah, the voice is not <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, but tra- you, like, at least it's proof that Travis is really trying with these voices, you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, like his voice for Sexy Owlman, um... <laughs> <laughs> which is his canon name. <laughs> yeah. Shit. What's he called? Um... He's called Sexy Owl Man. Oh, right, yeah, cool, yeah. I got it, I got it in one. Is <laughs> <laughs> like, proper, like, haughty British, which quite often, if Americans try to do that, they sound stupid, just, yeah. you know, just putting it out there. But Travis mm-hmm. actually does it pretty good. Well, Travis, this like, Travis has, has done theatre for ages, and Travis yes. has, Travis worked for the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company, Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Which I assume comes with learning how to do a convincing British accent. That's a good point. Because uh, a lot of Shakespeare's, because the little known fact about Shakespeare was British. Holy shit. Did not write a lot of British characters because, you know, <laughs> had a thing for Verona. Um, but people still insist on voicing his characters as British, which, you know, hmm. you do you. Funny that. Um, I think Gary sticks out to me. Purely because, like, looking at the at the the, the wiki page for graduation, you've got Hier- Hieronymus Wiggenstaff and Hernandez yes. and Bartholomeus and Buckminster Eden and Rolandus Fontaine and Gary. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's of like course, that TV Gary. Tropes takes page, out. isn't it? The TV tropes page that's Eris and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so of course, Gary sticks out. But I like Gary. Uh, I like that. Like. Uh, the the fact that like somebody had to ask is Gary a hive mind? <laughs> that's just that's one of those quotes that you know ne- like th- I never thought I'd hear those words in that order. <laughs> is Gary a hive mind? I mean, for me, Gary is a hive mind. Gary, like, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was confirmed the Garys are not a hive mind. They're a hive mind to me. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> 
Has, it, has, has the wiki got the name of the chef guy? Something buff. Uh, Stuart LaBeouf. Stuart LaBeouf. Stuart yes. LaBeouf. That is a fantastic chef name because it it's, sounds like beef. Well, it's like uh, LaBeouf is French for the beef. That's right. That's why it sounds like beef. <laughs> because it's beef. Because it's beef. <laughs> Whenever I have, have you seen? Okay, have you seen Flight of the Concords? I, ha- I love Flight of the Concords. Oh, good. Okay, right. Because whenever I hear "buff," all Boof. I can hear is "food of fafas." Buff. Buff. That just makes me happy. A li- uh, let's screw it. We're a Flight of the Concords podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I often go back and watch Brett's angry dance when I'm angry. Uh, being called Brett, there's a lot of there's a lot of material in Flight of the Concords that Do people nobody. Call you Br- Nobody around me has watched it, so nobody can use uh, Stay Cool, Brett, or Brett, You've Got It Going On. Um, Brett, you got it going on. You got it going on. going on. <laughs> when I'm feeling down, I will just play that song to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Hey, Brit. It's nice, to, it's nice Brit. to know i got it going on. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not a flight of the Horse Concord. No, we could, we could be. be, but we're not. No. That'll be very short. There's only two seasons. Well, there's literally two episodes of graduation. And look. We, yeah, it has been like 40 minutes. I mean, we wow. did talk for, about Flight of the Concords for the last two, but. Yes. <laughs> it counts. We've talked for a quarter of the time that there has been graduation. <laughs> about graduation. <laughs> Could you imagine if we did that for balance? We would still be recording right now. <laughs> it would be 100 episodes. It would. Um, no, it wouldn't. That's, the, that's bad math. No, yeah, a quarter of 69 is not 100. No. <laughs> that's, that's, the math is so wrong there, I can't believe it. <laughs> I am like the fearbolg in the counting class. <laughs> I will share the house with the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> it is a clanging. <laughs> that's me when math happens. That, yeah, same. Goddamn relatable. Thank you, fearbolg, <laughs> for putting us into the limelight. <laughs> You 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 really put into words how much I hate math. <laughs> Hell yeah, that might be a good note to end on. Hating math. Yeah. If Fuck you hate, math. <laughs> Your if, husband if, wouldn't be very happy with this, would he? <laughs> if you if you also hate math, please uh, leave us an Apple Podcast review that just says "fuck math." <laughs> um, <laughs> well, hashtag Dumble Done. Hashtag d- uh, Fuck Math. I'm Dumble Done with math. Yeah. Boom. We did it. <laughs> I That's am Dumble Done with Math. That is the title <laughs> of the episode. Leave that in the in the Apple Podcast reviews and just confuse everybody when we're like nine episodes down the line. Um, good times, good times. Or you can, or to or? do a perfect segue, you can tweet, I am Dumble Done with Math, and mm-hmm. at us at Expedition Place, or you can at me personally at Brett MWXYZ, that's Brett with one T, like in Flight of the Concords. Or you can <laughs> at Jess in it. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, your Twitter handle. <laughs> it's Aomyu, A-O-M-Y-U-U. Or if you yes. like, you can add both of us at the same time, at TeamPodUK. We've got so many Twitter, that's four whole Twitter handles for you to ram in that tweet that just says, I am Dumble done with math. I mean, some might say it's too many Twitter accounts, but... Never enough. <laughs> to them I say nay. <laughs> it is but more than enough. It's just the right amount of Twitter accounts. I, I have been Brett, this has been Jess. Hello. I mean, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Hail and well met, my dudes. Hail and well met. See you next week. Bye. Goodbye.